Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Tell me who is sitting next to you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? You tell other mommy who's sitting next to you. Henley Grace is sitting next to me. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Tell me, Daddy, who's sitting next to you. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Tell me, Poopy, who's next to you. <laughs> good morning, good morning. How are you? You tell us, Mommy, did who's the next to you? Good morning. Jeez, Doug, that's really loud. Oh. Tell Daddy he can only have his opera voice outside. Opera voice outside. Yep, that's an outside voice. Hey there, and welcome back to a new episode of Hot Marriage Cool Parents. Hey now. Hey, Nanner Nanner. That's what we call. Yeah, that's a dirty word. Yeah, we call penises that. But yeah, well, you do. No, I, I don't. That's <laughs> what, what your a family great calls. way to start the <laughs> podcast. And we have an amazing guest today to talk about knowing yourself and knowing your money. Yeah, well, it's actually amazing. Her name's yeah. Rachel Cruz. She's Dave Ramsey's daughter, and. If you haven't heard Dave Ramsey, you must be living under a rock because he's like, I mean, even I've heard of him and I don't even know how to manage my money in any way, shape or form. I must be living under a rock because I didn't know Dave Ramsey. Yep, you're living under a rock because I've heard of him before. But anyways, (laughs) Rachel Cruz has a new book coming out called Know Yourself, Know Your Money. And they sent me a copy ahead of time. And I got to be honest, that book is pretty stinking incredible. But before we get to her interview... We got to give a five-star review shout out. And also, as you guys know, we are doing these $100 gift card giveaways for random people who leave five-star reviews, just as a big thank you for our 100th episode coming up. Yeah. Last week was Heather from Utah who got the $100 gift card. So this week, our five-star reviewer that we want to give a shout out to is Dominique Williams, 17, who writes five stars, duh. (laughs) That's great. I've waited a while to write this review because I wanted to come up with the perfect words to say. But the truth is, perfection is impossible to achieve, just like Jamie and Doug share with us about marriage and parenting. I've followed them since the very beginning with Married at First Sight, and I love how raw and real they are about the struggles of navigating life. They truly allow me to feel like mama and wifey life isn't just hard for me, but that it's so normal for everyone to have rough moments. Anyways, I could go on and on, but seriously, thank you for sharing your marriage with us. Please don't ever stop. So Dominique Williams, thank you so much. It's very, very sweet. We love hearing from you guys and leading up to our 100th episode Each five-star review shout-out that we give from now until then, we'll get a $100 gift card. So congratulations, Dominique Williams, 17. Yeah, and thank you so much for taking the time out to write the quote-unquote perfect review. It really was perfect. You're perfect, Dominique. Great job. (laughs) I do want to follow up from last week because we spoke a little bit about Thanksgiving and some of the fiasco that happened with Thanksgiving. And our Thanksgiving actually got broken up based on someone in our network. Uh, I network say, in our family. Yeah, someone in our family that had contact with someone that had COVID tested positive. So that, as we found out the day after we got back to New Jersey and we were supposed to get together with family for everything, but we had decided to cancel because... Yeah. There's no point in risking. Yeah, but the funny part is, is that everyone was worried about Doug and I because we're out of state. And so, I mean, meanwhile, we know nobody here in Florida. We see nobody here in Florida. We go nowhere here in Florida. We are literally quarantining, like we're self-quarantining because why not? We have a baby. We have a toddler. And I get it. I mean, my sister's pregnant now. So, I mean, she's a hypochondriac as it is. (laughs) very paranoid about, you know, not catching this especially. And so we're going to try to switch things up now for Christmas where everybody made a pact that we did not want the same thing to happen for Christmas. Well, we didn't really share exactly what happened. So, okay, okay, let me share real fast. So we get there. The game plan had always been Doug and I are going to take a test prior to going home because we know that one test doesn't necessarily mean that you didn't catch it 
you know, like I guess that day maybe or something. So anyways, we took a test prior to going there and then we were quarantining. And so the only way that we would have had COVID is if we caught it on the plane, but we were exceptionally careful. Like, I mean, exceptionally careful. I mean, we all wore our masks. We sanitized everything we touched prior. I washed my hands 10 million times. Like Gracie wasn't allowed outside of her stroller, so she couldn't touch anything and then touch her face. I mean, we were wildly careful so that we could try to see family for the holidays because it's been such a long time. And when I say family, it was only our immediate family. It's not like we are going to do some big thing that we right. that we do. But anyways, long story short, our sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, was like outside talking to somebody. So it's not like she was inside or coughing all over somebody or anything like that. But like they were outside in the same vicinity and being a responsible human that she is. Of course, she said I was, you know, near somebody who tested positive for the COVID-19. And so because of that, we just thought it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth like risking it. And so inevitably like her mom actually is the one who hosts it. So since it was her mom hosting it, we just straight up canceled that altogether. Everybody did. We kind of just did our own things and we really want to try to avoid this for Christmas time. So we all made a pact that we were going to be safe. We were going to stay quarantined and make sure that we follow all of the rules and regulations, just like we did last time, but just to really, really be conscious about not doing anything, not going anywhere, trying not to expose ourselves so we can have a somewhat normal Christmas with everybody. Yeah, which is going to be difficult because dun, 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 Married at First Sight is coming back in the new year, and we are starting to film Married at First Sight Unfiltered yeah. this month. So, Will you be going to LA for that? Yes, and as a matter of fact, I thought I had written it on my calendar. I literally was talking to the crew from LA about how I'm going to get, I get tested for COVID prior to going out there. And the day of. Yes, and the day of as well. But I was talking to them. I was like, I don't even know what days I'm flying out there. It's all a blur to me. <laughs> it's I was like, like tomorrow. Yeah. I'm like, can you remind me what days we're shooting which show? Because I'm also shooting a clip show while I'm out there, which this is like kind of, I don't know, almost sad for me because this will be, you know, I'll have to leave Hendrix, which is the first time ever leaving Not Hendrix the first time. To go to LA. Yeah. I've never left for LA yeah. I have. Yeah. And I've left. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. There was one other time. Yep. Oh, that I was, was a long I was, time ago. Yeah, I was home with both of them for an entire weekend. Yeah, that's true. I don't even know how I did it then. I can't yeah. even do it now. I'm like, I'm nervous <laughs> that there's not going to be enough milk. Like all the things. Like just I'm nervous. Yeah, I got this. I, I did it last time. Well, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> Actually, the first time I had to fly out to LA for Unfiltered, he was in a vacant house by himself with yeah. two kids. And one was a Unfurnished. newborn. Unfurnished. Yeah. I mean, this is when we first, it was the first weekend we came down to Florida. The following weekend, I had to fly out to LA to shoot Married at First Sight Unfiltered for last season. So yeah, that was interesting for my poor husband. And everybody is like, oh, you know, they they feel so bad for me that I have to go out to LA (laughs) to shoot and leave my son. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's miserable, but I feel more bad for my husband. Yeah, He's in an empty house. I mean, literally we had a mattress on the floor. I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. We had a mattress on the floor, two Um, stools, Two stools that I had bought from a secondhand store. <laughs> and we didn't even have a TV at we that We didn't time. have a TV. We had literally nothing. We had two stools, a couple suitcases filled with clothes and some toys and a mattress on the floor mm-hmm. and, and baby toys. Like we did, I did have <laughs> some baby toys sent here prior to us getting here because I'm yeah. not silly. Like, of course, we need like a bouncer for the baby to be in. But yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. And speaking of that, like it's because... I didn't want to like go crazy furnishing because I wanted to be smart, not only like eco-friendly smart, but also like financially feasible smart. And I felt like once we got here, we could shop secondhand and get things, you know, just like, I don't know, nice things that are secondhand that cost way less than if we were to get everything brand new, which is a great idea in theory, but in it, theory, it takes like we were here for a full month before we had like a couch and the yep. couch was actually, it's a great couch. If I might say <laughs> so myself, I got it secondhand. It's a pottery barn couch and I paid a hundred dollars for it and it's right. leather. But so, it, it still took us a while to find it. Yes. I mean, you try to get everything secondhand and it's hit or miss at a lot of these shops and You know, I think what we found, we found the most success with just going online and there's an app that has just, it's a community of people selling things, you know, it's like, and, and so you could literally look for anything. You can type in any keyword and it'll pull it up. But the downside of that is most of the time you can't sit on the things, you can't (laughs) see it until you get there. 
And so, yeah, took us a while. And I don't know if we would do that next time. I would advise against it. I mean, I think that if you Unless you see it in the store. Yeah. Or if it's like a piece of furniture. Like, for example, I got Hendrix a dresser slash changing table. You know how it comes together like that? I got him one for $30. Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it looks bright. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, you can. We're staring at it right now. Yeah, we're in his room staring at it. (laughs) But, anyways, uh, (laughs) so yeah, we have Rachel Cruz on the podcast today. And I really feel like you're going to love this interview, especially if you're someone who is somewhat new with budgeting or managing money or have kids now that are getting into financial stuff, whether it's, you know, about to graduate or if they're in debt, just to teach the value of money, but recognizing bad habits how to speak with your partner and your family about budgeting and about money and having that conversation. So it was really enlightening. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, well, let's bring Rachel on because you're going to like this interview. Oh, and by the way, as you know, we're so transparent on here, and I wanted to let you know that we recorded this just prior to making the intro. And, you know, our landscaper comes twice a month, every two weeks. And somehow the man decides to come in the 30-minute increment that we are interviewing Rachel. Literally, we got done with the interview and he left. Yeah. It was like, so did you come just so you could hang out on our podcast too? (laughs) So if you hear some lawn like maintenance happening in the background, that's because it happens. Yeah. It happens every two weeks over here at the Hainer House. (laughs) And it just happened to be that he graced us with his presence the day that we are interviewing Rachel Cruz. No big deal. Enjoy. Yeah, enjoy. (laughs) Okay, I am so, so excited because Rachel Cruz is here. She's a two-time number one national best-selling author. She's a financial expert and the host of The Rachel Cruz Show, and she's our guest today. Since 2010, Rachel has served at Ramsey Solutions, where she teaches people to avoid debt, save money, budget, and how to win with money at any stage in life. And God knows I need this. (laughs) She's authored three best-selling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, and Smart Money, Smart Kids, which she co-wrote with her father, Dave Ramsey. Her latest book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, Discover Why You Handle Money the Way You Do and What to Do About It, will release in January 2021, which is right around the corner. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for taking the time out to hop on Hot Marriage, Cool Parents and chat with us all about money. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Jamie. I appreciate it. Oh, we're so excited to have you here. First of all... uh, Congrats on your new book coming out. I mean, it's it takes a lot to write one book, and this is now your fourth book. Oh gosh, yeah, writing is not my my favorite part of my job, which is so funny. <laughs> so whenever I do a book, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's over, it's here. So it's it's the best feeling when it's launched out into the world. I'm like, yes, people, I hope they read it. I hope it helps them. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of us have this idea that money is like the root of all evil. I mean, we've always heard that. And so I'm just curious to know what, what are your thoughts on this? Yes. Well, actually, when you look at that scripture, it's that the love of money uh, is the root of all kinds of evil. Ah, important not to leave uh, that part out. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. So that's what's that's, that's funny though, because it's misquoted a lot. And that's what a lot of people think is, oh gosh, well, if I have a bunch of money, then that, that can't be good. That's, that's not good. But no, if you love it and that's your number one, it's what you serve, it's your identity, everything, then yeah, that can get you into trouble. Yeah. You know, and I had this experience when I was first out of college and interviewing for sales positions and everything was about money. And I was taking the approach saying, uh, money is important to me. Money is so important to me. And I didn't have any money right out of college, <laughs> you know, but it was like, I, I just want money. And a lot of the managers were just like, why is money so important to you? And you talk about stability and the future, but not many people have the tools or the capacity to really plan ahead, especially out of college. So, um, I wanted to see kind of what your message is with kids that are growing up that are going to be in financial debt because of college and because of education. Yeah. I mean, this is a tough subject. The student loan crisis, it's a real one. I mean, trillions and trillions of dollars. And what's difficult is that when you make the decision to go to, if you're already in college, you're coming out with student loans, that's a part of your life. So then we're going to have to work our way out of that. Right. And to say, okay, this short-term sacrifice to pay off these loans and to get rid of them, not in the 10 year span that they talk about, but like, fast. I mean, two, three years. It's amazing what happens when you have no debt, including student loans, that your income comes in and you're able to do so much with it. It doesn't have, you know, 10 different people's names written all over it. And so that student loans, it's a reality for a lot of people, but 
one of my messages is if before you hit school, so if you have teenagers in the house or you are a teenager, <laughs> that you can go to school debt free. Like you can go to a community college. You can stay in state and take in-state tuition. You don't have to go out of state and pay three times as much or go to a private school that you can't afford. Like there are ways to still go to school debt free. It's hard and it's so not normal, but it is still possible. But what if all the good parties are out of state? <laughs> I know. What if all you your know, friends are going? I, like, I told my parents, I was like, listen, <laughs> I really, because they said, they, they, I'm thankful for this. They paid for four years at an in-state public university. If we wanted to go private or go out of state, we had to pay the difference. And I'm from Tennessee. So University of Tennessee is like where my whole family went, you know. And I was like, I want to go to Auburn. <laughs> yeah. well, calculate the tuition and that little difference you get to pay for. And I saw it and I was like. Go balls. I'll be a ball. <laughs> That's so funny. I love that you say community college because I feel like I'm not sure if it's like this anymore, but like at least when I was graduating, which I'm obviously going to age myself, but I graduated in 2004 and it was like not cool to go to the community college. Like that was just not cool. But I come from, I, you probably don't know an awful lot about me, but I come from a super poor family. Like I was the first person to graduate high school out of my family and then the first to go to college as well. So we had no budget for college. My mom had no idea even what financial aid was or, you know, she's never set foot into a college. And I did go to a community college and I felt less than because of it. And I wish I could go back to my younger self and be like, girl, just be proud you're going. So I think that there are going to be a lot of people, first of all, who find this episode so helpful because it's really all about money and how each and every single one of us are capable of being able to save money. I think that's what your book is all about is teaching literally everybody how they can like know themselves, but also know themselves well enough to be able to manage the money that they're bringing in. One thing I struggled with personally is how to talk about money with our kids. So like I said, I grew up in a really, really poor family. And so I, and I'm not, thank God, I've worked really, really hard. We're not poor anymore. And so I don't know how to go about making sure my daughter has a healthy relationship with money because I feel like the reason that I, I literally have zero debt and I, well, except from student loans. And I worked my way for everything, you know, like no one gave me anything. And so I always felt like my daughter needs to think that we have no money because then maybe she'll have this great relationship with money, or at least I don't have a great relationship with money, but at least like save her pennies, I guess. And then I heard that that's maybe not the healthiest way to go about it. So I'm kind of curious what your take would be like from a very personal level. And I hope those of you listening, this might like impact you as well. This is a selfish question because this is literally for me. <laughs> but um, I just want to know, like, how should I go about do I say, put that back in the store because mommy can't afford it, even though I technically could? Do I say, what do I say to have a healthy relationship yeah. for her? It's a great, great question. And one that a lot of people wrestle with. And I think that's so many parents fear that I'm like, I don't want to raise entitled, spoiled brats. Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so what do you do? So first, I think it's important for all of us to realize, we kind of touched on it earlier, but to understand that money is amoral. Money doesn't have morals. Money is not good. Money is not bad. Money is really a magnifying glass. It makes you more of what you already are. So if you are a generous, selfless, caring person that loves people and you get money, you're going to be helping a lot of people because it's going to be part of your character to you are. Now, if you're selfish and you think money is going to buy all happiness and it's all about you and it's that mentality and you get a lot of money, that's what's going to be magnified. You're going to become more of that. So I think starting with the character to realize who we are as people, when money's put in our hands, we take the morals then to say, okay, is it good or is it bad? Are we going to use it for good or use it for bad? So I think teaching kids kind of two ways of looking at money. There's the tactical side of money. So things like teaching them to work. I mean, growing up, I was never given money. I was never given an allowance. I always had to work. And when we were little, we were on commission, not allowance. <laughs> like if we did chores, we got paid. That was it. It's that simple. And so I think teaching them that, that like money comes from work. That is where you're going to get it. And then when they earn money, you split it up into three ways, giving, saving, and spending. They need to learn all three money muscles. They have to learn to give, they have to learn to save, and they need to learn how to spend and spend wisely. Because the problem on the tactical side is I think a lot of people, parents shelter their kids from it and they're like, oh, we're not even going to engage the subject. But what happens? Your kid grows up, leaves home, and the first time they engage money is at 22 on a car lot. Like, that's not a good plan. So let them make small, inexpensive mistakes with their own money, letting them earn money, make some mistakes at Target or Walmart, at the grocery store, like, right, let them buy stuff, make the mistakes. And it's good because it's all small, inexpensive 
lessons under your roof and your safety. So that's like the tactical side. And then there's the emotional side. And we touched on that, you know, again, with that money is amoral, but teaching generosity, teaching contentment, teaching them that, you know, as a believer that I believe that I don't own anything. I am stewarding, managing everything from God. And so there's a spiritual element, the way I look at money and my position to it. And I'm teaching my kids that. And then as well, my other kind of overarching comment would be that more is caught than taught. So your kids are watching you. So you can yes. sit there and like talk all day long, but they are watching you, mom and dad. You guys, me, <laughs> everyone listening, like your kids No watch. pressure. <laughs> Real fast, I wanted to ask. So our daughter is three and she's our oldest. Is this like a good time to start the, I mean, what is a good time? I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I have a three-year-old too. So I have a five, three and one-year-old. Should we get her a credit card? <laughs> start building that credit. No. <laughs> yeah, no. So my five-year-old, she gets it. Like Amelia's like, okay, yeah, I, I want to work and make money because she'll buy, you know, right now at five, it's kind of just spends at this point. Like she can buy a Polly Pocket or whatever it is, you know. And Caroline, my three-year-old, she's now grasping a little bit of it. It's still pretty young. I mean, three's still young, but she sees older sister do stuff. So she, it's more of that. But yeah, we really didn't start pushing stuff until Amelia was around five. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a sense of, pressure with your father and Dave Ramsey, who is tremendously successful and really grew from a, what was it? A radio station, right? That he had in Tennessee. And then just, you realize that this connects with so many different people growing up, I guess, was there a lot of pressure getting into this field or did it come naturally to you? And what were some of the best lessons that you were taught as your father became more and more successful? Ah, this is so good. But just one moment. I just want to give a quick shout out to the sponsors of our show. And a couple of them, especially now that the holidays are here, will make an amazing, unique, different type of gift. First one I do want to mention is something that we use all the time to mix up Hendrix's food now that he's starting to eat solids, which is Blendjet, which is the portable blender that is literally changing the way that we carry our food for our son. And this is something that can fit in your cup holder. It charges where you only have to charge it once every couple of weeks with a USB-C charger. You can take it anywhere, even get the Blendjet 2, which quietly crushes ice, frozen fruits. You can take it to the gym. You can take it to the office. It is absolutely water resistant, super easy to clean, and is the perfect gift for anyone on your list who is looking to eat healthy and who loves owning the latest must-have fitness accessories. If you don't believe me, they are the number one blender brand on Instagram with over 17,000 five-star reviews and over 1 million happy customers worldwide. You can get Blendjet by going to blendjet.com. And if you use the slash HMCP, you can actually save an extra 12%. So save an extra 12% by visiting blendjet.com slash HMCP. That's blendjet.com slash HMCP for an additional 12% off. And it does come in 16 really cool colors. So if anybody is picky about colors, you got it. And for anyone that is on a healthy kick, everybody knows to improve your overall health and happiness, it's to get a good night's sleep. Right, Jame? I mean, yeah, of course. 2020 has been a lot and we could all benefit from less stress and more sleep in our lives. It's honestly so important to take care of ourselves and to invest in our well-being during times of anxiety, which is why I really think it's important to have something to help you just de-stress. That's why we're excited to partner with Calm. It's an app designed to help you ease stress and get the best sleep of your life. And when you relieve anxiety and improve your sleep, you feel better in every part of your life. Calm has a whole library of programs designed for healthy sleep, like soundscapes, guided meditations, and over a hundred sleep stories narrated by soothing voices like Stephen Fry and Kelly Rowland. There's over 85 million people around the world who use Calm to take care of their minds and get better sleep. And if you go to calm.com slash hot marriage, you'll get a limited time offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription, which includes hundreds of hours of programming. Get the Calm app and experience a transformation in the way you sleep. For listeners of Hot Marriage Co-Parents, Calm is offering a special limited time promotion of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash hot marriage. That's 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library and new content is added every week. Get started today at calm.com slash hot marriage. That's C-A-L-M dot com slash hot marriage. 
Okay. And for those of you who have been listening for a while now, you know that I absolutely love Drops. They have over 10,000 five-star reviews. And so what is Drops? They're eco-friendly cleaning solutions. It's eco-responsible packaging as well. So they're powerful formulas that contain plant-based ingredients. So it's for, you know, sensitive skin, laundry detergent pods, stain and odor, laundry detergent pods. There's dishwasher pods. There's detergent dishwasher pods. They're just amazing. They also have like wool dryer balls that are designed to replace disposable dryer sheets. They're just filled with so many different custom cleaning solutions for every single need. They have Oxy Booster pods. I absolutely love these pods because they're shipped to your front door. Like I said earlier, they're eco-friendly packaging, so it's 100% recyclable. And they're really, really small too. And so you don't have to like lug a big thing of heavy detergent around with you. It's super lightweight. It's awesome. Drops delivers powerful cleaning from nature with plant and mineral-based formulas to your door in low-waste cardboard packaging instead of plastic containers that end up in our oceans and landfills. Sign up for auto shipments to save big. You can pause, skip, or cancel anytime, which also I think is super important to point out because I just do not like the subscription plans where you can never cancel or skip because then you have like product overload. But you do not have to worry about that with Drops because you can pause, skip, cancel anytime. Visit drops.com slash hot marriage and use the code hot marriage for 25% off your first order. Another thing that you know that I love if you've been around here for any amount of time is native deodorant. I absolutely love that they have just cleaner ingredients. They never use ingredients that shouldn't be in deodorant like aluminum, parabens, or sulfates or talc. And they also always have like just fresh scents and the new scent that they have with the holiday season right around the corner, they're getting into the spirit by indulging in the sights and sounds and scents of the season. One thing I made sure to do was update my native collection with their candy cane holiday scent. It's literally the perfect scent. It's like a, it's not too strong of a peppermint, but it's just enough to kind of like when you get the whiff of it, you know, when you lift your arms, like it's just makes you smile because it's like the holidays. But yeah, Native is the perfect addition to your daily routine this holiday season. Native deodorants don't just block odor better, they're made better. They have ingredients you've heard of like coconut oil and shea butter. It's also vegan and it's never ever tested on animals. Their candy cane gift set also makes for a great gift option. All Native products are great stocking stuffers for everyone on your list. And the best thing about Native is that they're risk-free to try. Every product comes with free shipping within the U.S. Plus, there's a free 30-day returns and exchanges. See why so many people love Native and check out over the 14,000 five-star reviews they have. I personally always go based on five-star reviews and the fact that they have over 14,000 five-star reviews views means everything to me. But yeah, so if you want to give the gift of Native this season, go to nativedeo.com slash HMCP or use the promo code HMCP at checkout and get 20% off your first order of Native deodorant. Make sure you order before December 7th to get your products in time for Christmas. That's nativedeo.com slash HMCP or use the promo code HMCP. All right, let's get Rachel on now. Yeah, it's funny. People just assume, you know, growing up as Dave Ramsey's kid that we had like mutual funds birthday parties <laughs> and like had budget camps every summer. And we were so obsessed with money. That's all we talked about and all this pressure. And that was not the case at all. I mean, mom and dad, to their credit, they did a phenomenal job just making money. It's just a part of life. It's the ebb and flow. And that was it. Like they and I'm a spender naturally. And so I, remember I got my checking account, my first checking account at 15 years old. And I bounced three checks the second we had it. And, you know, I got the letter from the bank and, oh, yeah, and dad made me go down to the bank and apologize. To the <laughs> but he wasn't, oh, yeah, true story. But it was not shameful. It was not like, I can't believe you messed up at all. It was like, all right, this is what happens. And here's the consequence. Like, it just, it was a part of life. So I'm so thankful for that. And then getting into this line of work, yeah, it was, for me, a huge calling. I mean, I traveled with him in high school and started speaking at 15 with him and, enjoyed that. And then when I went to college is when I realized, wow, this message is so needed. Like, so, like we talked about earlier, yeah. so much student loan debt, credit cards, people are already signing up for them at 18, 19 years old. And like, and I remember thinking, I don't know everything at 18, but I know enough that can help people. And so, yeah, when I went and told them that's what I wanted to do, you know, after college, I remember dad, I mean, we, he kind of drilled me because it was to the point that he's like, do you understand it would be easier if you didn't come work? with me. <laughs> like, right. your own thing. It'd probably be easier for you. I'm like, I oh, know <laughs> no, no pressure at all. It's a truly a complete calling on my life. That's how I feel. No, I, I mean, it is a talent that you and your family have and you're right. It's helping so many people just, I have such anxiety going into debt and I've been 28, 29, even 30, where my bank account would just be wiped out. 
and I thought I was responsible. I was in between jobs, but just the thought of overdrafting my checking account still gives me like sweats. It's crazy. And I don't remember having that in college. And I learned the concept of money way too late. And it wasn't until my wife really kicked me in the ass and said, you know, we have to get, we, we have to get a house. We have to move out of your parents' house. So <laughs> we need to erase your debt immediately. And it was eye opening for me. And I'm, I'm ashamed that I didn't learn it earlier. And I do want to change that for my daughter and for my son to teach them the concept of money. My parents were very generous. They gave us everything that we asked for. It was a really, really phenomenal childhood. And I just hope that, you know, if we do the same for our kids, that we're not teaching them to take advantage of that. And I know right now the holiday season is coming and a lot of people are struggling to save and budget for gifts, you know, for any families that, especially now, but what is the one tip that you have for managing money and changing bad money habits? Uh, yeah, for holidays and beyond at any point in life. I mean, honestly, it's just being intentional with where your money's going and that's a budget. A lot of people just live paycheck to paycheck and they just kind of write the bills as they come in and go out to eat when they want, just kind of buy what they want on Amazon. And it's just, it just is what it is. And there's no plan. And that's what happens when you wake up on April 15th for your taxes and you're like, I made how much? Like, where is all this money? Where did it go? So really being intentional. You're not going to get ahead financially if you don't have a plan and you're not intentional. And the word budget I get that it's like, oh, I mean, I hated the word budget. This was the one financial principle that was so hard for me to get around because I'm a free spirit. I'm a spender. And so the idea of it was just like, oh, but honestly, after learning to be on one for a while and when Winston and I got married 11 years ago, we decided to do it together and we walked through this and I looked up a few years in and I was like, man, I realized that a budget does not limit my freedom. A budget gives me freedom. Like it gives me the freedom of sleep at night that I'm not stressed that I'm overdrafting on my account. It gives me freedom to go and shop and I'm not stressed about it because I know this is the amount of money I have. It gives me the freedom to go and buy gifts at Christmas because I know, yeah, I have X amount allotted for my mom and here's the money I'm going to spend on her and I get to have the freedom to go and shop for her with that amount of money. So there's a level of control that you have over your money when there's a plan in place. I absolutely love that you explain it like that because it's so true. Something I wanted to ask you is out of all of your books, it seems like maybe your newest one would, well, I mean, I'll let you decide, but (laughs) since you're the author, but it seems like, like if I was to start out fresh and I really am starting out fresh with this whole money and budgeting and all that, I've been, like I said, you know, I grew up with nothing. And so I just think I always have to save. I don't spend a dime on anything. I go to secondhand stores, not only because it's eco-friendly, but because obviously it's financially friendly. And so out of all of your books, which book do you recommend that someone who's just starting out would get the most benefit from? Yeah, I would say Know Yourself, Know Your Money, the newest one. Yeah. Dive deeper into not just the how to handle money, because I talk about that as well, but it's really the why. When you Mm -hmm. can understand, this is why I do my behaviors I have. So for you, like I have seven money tendencies I write in the book. And not to like label you, but I'm like, I bet I could go through what you've just (laughs) given me and I can tell you your tendencies, right? Scarcity versus abundance, saver versus spender, quantity over quality. I mean, like you can kind of go through And you can start to understand, okay, this is what I value about money. This is why I handle money the way I do. Mm -hmm. And then also it walks through your childhood. And I talk about the four money classrooms and understanding how much your childhood shapes why you handle money the way you do. Your fears around money, Mm -hmm. fears around money. One of the fears is that my past financial mistakes are too deep and I'm not going to be able to win financially. And, And I mean, like whatever the fear is, there's so many fears around money. So this really gets into the heart of you as the person So I would say starting with Know Yourself, Know Your Money. And then my next book was Love Your Life, Not Theirs, which was I wrote about four years ago. And that gives you habits around money. So budgeting, getting out of debt, all of that is in that book. Yeah, I was going to say, so I thank you so much, by the way, for sending us an advanced copy. Your book, it really is incredible. This book that's coming out next month here. And I feel like it's a great way for people who are just starting out, at least for myself, because I've always been good. I wouldn't say I was a budgeter. I would say I'm just a straight up saver. Like I just don't spend a dime unless I have to. And then I just force my husband to be the same way (laughs) so that we're out of debt. But um, I really like that it's teaching you different ways about like different characteristics about yourself so that you can recognize why you are maybe a spender for someone else, but for me, a saver. I mean, it all kind of makes sense. You know, I wanted to ask, what advice do you have for someone who has trouble saving money? 
and I'm not asking this for my husband or pointing fingers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Saving money is hard because you have to have this almost like visceral reaction to life to say, I'm going to change the way I've been doing money. So if you've not been a saver, you're not a natural saver and you haven't been saving money, there's zero habits in you to put money away. And so you have to have the hope that, okay, if I start this new way of viewing money, this new way I handle money, I have to have hope that that future is so much better than my present. So there has to be a level of pain where you said, okay, enough is enough. Cause that's, what's going to help you save. And then going back to the budget, I always tell people to give, save, and then spend. So giving a little, saving some, and then paying your bills, everything else after that. So making it a priority. Because a lot of people get down their budget and they're like, well, I don't have any money to save. Like, there's no money. I'm like, yeah, that's because your budget's upside down. It has to be a priority. Make it a priority. And when it does, and then you have to go through the tactical side, which is kind of boring, but it's true. You have to transfer money into a savings account. Like, don't leave it in your checking account. The pizza guy will get it. Like, it'll be done. It'll be over. <laughs> so move it somewhere else that you can see it filled up. And, and make small goals, too. Like, your savings goals don't need to be outrageous right now. Just say, okay, I'm going to save X amount. Maybe it's 10% of your income, whatever it is. And actually just get in the habit of putting money away. I was going to say, what's your take on how much should be saved? And I know it's kind of a weighted question because it depends on lifestyle, geography. Do you have kids? You know, and everything that you're still trying to pay off now. But is there sort of a rule of thumb that you stick to with, okay, I got my paycheck. This is how much I need to budget. Because saving can be saving for a trip, not necessarily saving for your future. So is there any advice that you have, or or I guess, what are some of the best tips that you can give on what to save, how much to save, and what to save for? Yes. So your savings goals, the first goal I want you to have is just an emergency fund. 40% of Americans can't cover a $400 emergency in cash. So before you save for a car, before you save for a trip, before you do anything else, do an emergency fund. And that's going to be a $1,000 starter emergency fund. So get that $1,000. And then I want you to go and pay off all of your debts, everything but your mortgage. And then that takes about 18 months for majority of people. So paying off all of your debts. And then once you pay off all of your debts, then you're going to bump up that starter emergency fund to three to six months worth of expenses. So your first savings goals is purely an emergency fund. I just want you to have that cushion because once you have no debt and you have three to six months of expenses saved in the bank and a pandemic hits, you feel a little bit more peace than if you had no money (laughs) and a lot of bills. You know what I mean? So that that foundation is so important. And then from there is where you're going to save 15% of your income into retirements for the future. So 401k, 403b, Roth IRA, and then anything else. So new car, vacation, all of that. You can just put a little bit of money away. And the great thing about doing that is you have no debt. So when your income comes in, you have the money to actually save now, which is great. Yeah, that I got to be honest, I'm like over here and I'm like almost like sweating bullets because I'm like, geez, I should be really doing an awful lot more than just like (laughs) saving. I mean, I literally just put it in the savings account and then try to forget about it. (laughs) Like make sure my taxes are paid and that's really it. Yeah, I think having things earmarked because I think some people have that tendency, right, where they just want to stash it away. And there's an element of that that's really good, but there's also an element to say, okay, I can live life. But in order to, to have that breath of fresh air and to order to do it is that you need that plan. So right. if you're just, if I'm just like, yeah, go on a trip. It's like, well, that feels scary because I have no clue how much to spend. What, what does that even mean? Yeah. That's when you want to say, okay, no, here are actual numbers. That's why I always say fear is a terrible financial advisor. The fear of, Hey, I'm going to just put everything away. Cause I'm just so scared. That's not smart, you know, or to a degree, right? Like on an unhealthy extreme side, but then also the fear of like, Oh, I don't want to do anything. I'm going to just stay put and do nothing. And they're just paralyzed. That's not good either. So look at the facts, look at the facts and have a plan. Okay. Yes. That's earmarked for an emergency fund. This is earmarked for just a fund that, Hey, just for the future, just as an extra safety net, maybe that's what you need and that's what you want. And that's great. But just to kind of have a plan for everything. Yeah. And it does help out relationships especially. And uh, I know in your book, you talk a lot about the uh, kind of marriages, but also bad money habits and what keeps people kind of stuck in those bad tendencies. What are some of the main bad money habits that you see and what are some of the steps that you give advice on? Yeah, I think some bad money habits, I think people just depend on debt too much. I think that their credit card is their emergency fund. The bank is their safety net. And I want to put the power back in the person's hands to say, no, I can take care of myself if something happens. 
we've been harping on it so much. I don't mean to this podcast, but the budget, right? I think a lot of people make the mistake. They don't live on a plan. Uh, I think people make the mistake and the habit of thinking, well, if I just buy this thing, I'm going to be happy. And there's a (laughs) level of consumerism that we have in our culture and we all can be guilty of it, but it just is this rat in a wheel. And so to break that mentality is so important. So, so important. But whenever you change bad habits, whether it's a mentality or an actual physical habit of what you're doing with your money, change is hard. Like yeah. change is uncomfortable. Like the fact that I just said all that to you, Jamie's probably like, Oh my gosh. Don't be, oh. Cause it's like, you know, learning to just like shift a mindset or a change, even if you know, okay, that's probably good. And that's probably right. Still doing it is so uncomfortable and hard. So I would say if you're in the process, okay. You know, after you listen to this podcast, you're like, okay, I'm going to actually save for the emergency fund. I'm going to get out of debt. Hmm. I'm going to get a fully funded emergency fund. Like things are going to look different in your life and it's going to be weird at first. And so don't let that tension stop you from making progress. So for those of us who, speaking for myself and probably many listeners, uh, for those of us who, for whatever reason, whether we're, we're trying to get out of debt, we're trying to save more, we're trying to teach our kids, whatever the case may be, and we're wanting to create a budget, where do we go? Where's the first place we go? Like what kind of like Excel spreadsheet do we need to like create this budget? Yeah. Great question. Yeah. You can use Excel. You can use a sheet of paper. I love every dollar. It's a budgeting app. So that's what I use. It hooks up to your bank account. So all your transactions come in and you can like drag and drop it to the categories. But yeah, so for the budget, a couple of just kind of rule of thumb. Number one, you do a budget before the month begins. Okay. So look at next month and say, okay, this month coming up, January, February, whatever it is, this is how much I'm going to make. And you may have to guesstimate. Some people are on commission, they freelance, but just say, okay, this is about what I think we'll make. And then you're going to take that income minus all of your expenses. So you're going to do giving, saving, all your expenses. And that total added up minus your income should equal zero. So that's called a zero-based budget. Income minus expenses equals zero. So before the month begins, zero-based budget. And then number three, it usually takes three months for your budget to work. So if you're starting off in the new year to do a budget, give yourself till March because January may be a disaster. February is <laughs> probably going to be bad too. Uh, but by March, you're going to start to see, okay, consistently, yes, here are our bills. Here's what we spend on food. Yes, yes, yes. So you can kind of get the get the lay of the land. And a lot of people, they they kind of just like, you know, by month one, like, eh, it's not working. I'm not going to do it. I'm like, no, keep going. So give yourself that 90-day window. Okay. I love that. All right. And now I know that for our listeners, there are a lot of stay-at-home parents, you know, who are probably chasing a toddler, listening to the podcast, like half-heartedly. I'm talking to you now, lady (laughs) or daddy. Uh, But I know that like, you know, obviously stay-at-home parents, they also want to be able to budget their money and make money and save money and all the things while they're at home. What are some easy tips and tricks that you have for stay-at-home parents? Sure. Well, I mean, there's so many, if there is a, an element that you want to make money, there's so many side gigs. Like we live in a world that more than ever, is it easy to say, okay, you know what? I actually can create my own business. I'm like, mm-hmm. open up an Etsy shop, like mm-hmm. do whatever you have to do. I'm like, yes, like it is so doable. But what I would say too, is if you're married working as a team mm-hmm. and so not looking at it as their money and my money, it's our money. Mm-hmm. My friend Chris Hogan says, we need to be more French. We, we, like, we together. <laughs> yeah. This is our money. Because specifically when you're married, I'm telling you, when you can work as a team and you see yourself as one unit completely, Mm -hmm. financially everything, like we are one, you are going to win so much faster and your goals together are going to create unity. My husband and I, we just built a house and we moved in last year and it was a massive financial goal we had. And so for years and years and years, we're like, this is what we're doing. And the day we moved in, we both looked at each other and I was like, number one, we were pumped about the house. Obviously we're very excited to do it. Mm-hmm. But number two, we kept looking at each other and we're like, we did this together. Like the sacrifices, the decisions we made, like we did this. And I'm telling you like that within our marriage was almost as sweet as the new house. Like there is something when you say we are a team and there's a lot of couples out there and they run on two separate tracks mm-hmm. and it's going to be just really hard to win. It's going to be really hard tactically. But again, that emotional level, when you come together, it's vulnerable. It's really scary. So when I say, yeah, combine your checking accounts, that freaks some people out. But when you do that, it forces communication. It forces so much good that comes in there. But also, too, I'll say this in the light of being one, 
you still are your own individual person. So like even in our budget, we have a Winston line item. We have a Rachel line item because Winston still is going to want to buy hunting stuff. Like Winston's still right. Winston. Uh, I'm not, I'm going to want to buy a pair of shoes. Like, you know, like that's me. So we have our money that we spend on ourselves and it's fine. So you don't lose your total identity, but we agree on, Hey, this is where our money's going. Yeah. And I think you bring up a, a really good point and having the conversation and becoming a team is a lot easier said than done for any of our listeners that may be in a new relationship or maybe just starting a relationship. What are some ways to ease into that conversation to kind of break that barrier and help couples speak with one another openly and freely about money? Yeah. I mean, I think especially newlyweds, I would say you have a great opportunity though, to start fresh. Like you're not having to change bad habits after years and years of marriage. Like you get to start fresh. So so yeah, sitting down and just saying, okay, listen, we as a unit, as two people, we want to do X, Y, and Z. What do you want to do? What are your goals? Like we want to live in this type of house. We want to go on these type of vacations. Like what is your why? Why do you want to move with money? And having a shared goal and a shared vision is going to help you. So if I just tell you, yeah, sacrifice all your stuff and get out of debt <laughs> just because it's like, okay, why? You're like, no, have your why. And I think having your why together is a great place to start out. And Winston and I, we have these date nights where we'll just like, we call it like our dream date nights. Sounds kind of cheesy, but that's <laughs> what we do. But we're like, okay, let's just pretend money wasn't an object. What do we want our life to look like in two years? Like what, well, before pandemic, what trips did we want to go on? Where did we want our kids to go to school? Like what's our, like what, what would have to be true? And so just letting yourself dream. Cause I think for parents specifically, if you have kids, like you're in the rut the day in and day out, and it's hard to look up in the future, just to look far out. So I would encourage you to do that. Why do you want to do this? Number one. And then number two, just say, Hey, let's just go out a test run this month together. Let's just talk about what we're spending. Let's talk about the budget. Let's talk about the numbers and give it a test run. I love that. Yeah. You have been absolutely incredible. You are just filled with so much knowledge and you make it seem like so easy, <laughs> which is, which is great because honestly, that's better than seeming so daunting, you know? So as far as your book, know yourself, know your money. I wanted to kind of get from the author herself who this book is for. Oh goodness. This book would be for anyone that wants to change some money habits in their life. Anyone that feels like they may have an unhealthy view with money and anyone that wants to get in control of their money. I mean, sign me up. <laughs> it's a great book. I read it. And honestly, I'm so thankful that you took the time out. I know you're a very, very busy lady and you have children and everything. So thank you so much for taking the time out to come here and chat with us. I feel like I've been schooled. I've been encouraged. <laughs> uh, all the good things. You also mentioned that you had budgeted for your mom's gift. So what are you going to be getting her for the holidays? <laughs> You know what? My mom and my dad both I still have not bought for. I am <laughs> late. And I'm usually late on Christmas all the time. It's bad. Oh, same, honestly. But uh <laughs> but at least Probably they a candle or something. <laughs> <laughs> At least your mom and dad know that you've already budgeted for it, though. That's right. I do. I, do. <laughs> I would think that maybe a personalized signed book might be a good idea. It should. I'd be like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> to the people who taught me, here's here's what you've taught me. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. That's right. Oh. Well, where can everybody find you, Rachel? Yeah, you can go to rachelcruz.com. I'm all over social. I have a podcast, The Rachel Cruz Show, and a YouTube show as well. And you can buy the book anywhere books are sold. Wonderful. And is there an official date that Know Yourself, Know Your Money will be out? Yes, January 5th. Jan January 5th. All right. January There's 5th is the day. Before that. Uh, know Yourself, Know Your Money is on pre-sale right now, but you can actually get it in your hands January 5th, whether you pre-sell or buy at the store. It's available everywhere. Check out Rachel Cruz. You have been so amazing, Rachel. Thank you so much for stopping by. And I'll let you know, you know, six months from now, how our budget's going. You said the first three months I can be easy on myself. So we'll do six months to give myself a buffer. <laughs> Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye, Rachel. Good luck with your launch. You know, I realize now how much I don't know about money and, and budgeting and how important it is to make sure that we teach our kids some healthy spending habits. What do you think? I mean, yeah, but also, I mean, her book really is it. She breaks it down in such an easy way for you to try to understand just yourself and why you have the habits that you do. Yeah. So... I th I'm just going to sit with that for a little bit longer yeah. and I am going to really, try it. 
Really cool having her on. Yeah. And that app that she mentioned, I think I'm going to download it like right now. Yeah. Every dollar, I think it was called. And I'm going to make you and I both be accountable for it. Does that sound good? Sure. We really don't have a budget. <laughs> we always fly by the seat of our pants. And, mm-hmm. you know, I do. I am a saver. I am terrified yeah. of not having another loaf of bread. And so I just save everything. I and get that. Yeah, and I think it's worked out for us because otherwise we wouldn't be where we're at. On the flip side of that, though, you know, it's sometimes tough when you have and you're so focused on making money and saving and saving and saving. There are times in our lives where weeks will go by and we haven't done anything together. We haven't gone out together. We haven't taken a a little adventure together. And I kind of want to break that cycle I liked when she said, you know, set short-term goals, set mini, you know, spending goals, maybe even trying to find something to work for each month. Like we want to go do this. So let's budget for going out to the jungle gardens or wherever, but just making time for us each month where it's not just work, 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 save, save, save for something in the future. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, we, I think, I don't know, maybe, well, since the pandemic hit, really, like, I feel like we've just been living day to day, almost, like, for real, though, like, just because I was so pregnant. And then I was terrified of how am I even going to deliver this baby? And then, like, of course, the baby came, and I've never did take a maternity leave. I've just been working straight through. Yeah, both of us have just been working and working. Yeah. And so it is important, of course, for us to slow down. And and I do want to do that too. And I think maybe when you budget the money for it, then maybe it kind of like helps hold you accountable to actually go out on an effing date. Yeah. And it, it gives you something to accomplish, which I think can certainly help and makes you feel good. Just like how she gave the example of getting her house and they went in and they were just like, we did this. Yeah. You know, let's have something to work and fight for. I mean, I feel like we are, though. Like, when we got this house in Florida, we were like, wow, like, we did it. Like, we've been trying to get us, like, a home in a nice, warm environment for so long. Yeah. For literally years. And now we finally have one. And it's definitely a (laughs) fixer-upper. It's it's our home office, (laughs) to say the least. That's what I feel like we've just been working and working and working nonstop since we've been here. But it's sunny and there's lanai. And so we can work from out in the lanai where the sun is shining in comparison Mm -hmm. with New Jersey where it's freaking freezing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And there's no sun shining. Well, anyways, I really enjoyed having her on. And thank you guys again for listening. We are going to be giving a five-star review shout out for each episode. Well, we do it anyway for each episode. But there's something special that we're adding leading up to our 100th episode. If you hear that we are reading your five-star review, which you can leave anywhere on iTunes, we will be giving you a $100 gift card. So hopefully help for the holidays, but something that we want to give back to you. And stay tuned and stay connected for anything Hot Marriage Cool Parents by following us on Instagram. You can go to Hot Marriage Cool Parents or at Jamie N. Otis or at Doug Hainer. We love hearing from you. We love reading your comments. We hope that you're being safe and wearing a mask. And we do have a phenomenal guest coming up for the next episode. So really looking forward to that. And enjoy the rest of your day. Yes. And thank you so much for being here. We love you guys. Bye-bye. And we will see you next week. It's not goodbye. It's see you later.